Hello there, podcast listener. Is this your first podcast? Of course not. If it is, though, welcome to Ruby Apps Insights. If you're part of the 40% of our population that already listens to podcasts, welcome to you as well. Today's conversation focuses on, well, podcasts, what brought them back, how they're serving the professional services sector, and how you can start your own. Our very own Scott Rubenstein, podcast expert and digital guru, joins us for another edition of Ruby Apps Insights. They were here. They went away. Somebody spread a rumor that they were living with the alligators in New York City's sewers. It was never verified. Then, like the McRib, they were back. I'm talking about podcasts, and I'm talking with Scott Rubenstein, partner and director of client services and expert on podcasts. Scott. Howdy. Welcome back. You have recently written an article on podcasts. They were here, they seemed to go away, and now they're back. What's the deal? I think the podcast renaissance is really due to Serial, which was a podcast that came out, uh, I guess it's a few years ago now, that had widespread appeal. The theme it, song is catchy. The, 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 the theme song is catchy. It appealed to different audiences across, you know, age, gender, socioeconomic uh, strata. And it was something that was well-received by everyone. And it was open conversation everywhere from the subway to the boardroom. And it brought podcasts back into the limelight after they had had somewhat of, of a day when iTunes had first come out. But in my opinion, laid dormant for a while and then came back. So in preparing for this interview, I was looking at some stats that were published by Fast Company, Variety, both on the topic of podcasts. And here are a few from Variety. Apple Podcasts features more than 500,000 active podcasts in more than 100 languages. More than 40% of the population has listened to a podcast. Nearly 50% of podcast listening happens at home. 80% of listeners consume the entire episode and listen to an average of seven shows per week. Are you surprised? People who are into podcasts are really into podcasts. <laughs> okay. So some of those numbers don't surprise me. Others do. The fact that there are so many of them, 40% does seem pretty high. Um, as well as a lot of them, you said 50% of all podcasts are consumed at home, which seemed odd to me is I always thought of them as something that I would listen to on the train or while walking or running. Do you think maybe that's a little bit of like the urban bias about how we live when you're close to a city? Perhaps. I can imagine someone in their home cooking dinner, listening to a podcast or relaxing on an afternoon and the weekend listening to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or even... No, eating dinner. The 80% of listeners consuming the entire episode uh, does not surprise me. 
because, as I said, people who are into podcasts are really into podcasts. The fact that they listen to an average of seven shows a week seems high to me. But again, the audience is, uh, is very into it. So you cite two reasons, and of course our focus is mainly on the B2B space. And the reason for some of this renaissance beyond serial is around the notion of easiness. Why are podcasts, from a publishing standpoint, easy? It's a form of thought leadership. And when we think of thought leadership, the first thing that comes to my mind is writing an article and reading the article and editing the article, sharing the article with someone else to give me notes about the article and proofreading and giving me feedback and publishing the article. And that sounds like a lot of work just saying it. Whereas a podcast is a little bit more um, informal to produce quicker and easier. So let's just say that I'm a marketer of professional services My firm has a particular area of expertise. I already have something of a content strategy, but right now it doesn't include podcasts. So this is a two-part question. Should I consider them, and what should I be thinking about? You should consider them mainly because the people who do listen to podcasts are very engaged with them, and, and the rates and the metrics behind them are so strong. Also, the people who listen to podcasts are very focused on a particular issue or a particular uh, subject. And I'll also want to add on to the easiness point before in that, you know, it's easy because it's not too difficult to get somebody in a room and talk about an idea. It's almost easier to get two people in a room to talk about an idea and they'll may, they may even be talking about it for longer than one person would. Case in point, I got you into this room. There you go. And so, but going back to your, to your question, it's really great to do podcasts because they're easy to produce. They are focused on a particular subject, as well as you said, the podcast renaissance is bringing people back. And so it's, it's a great way to focus your efforts on that, that particular uh, subject or the, that, those particular people. I believe I said renaissance and you said renaissance, so I just want to, is there a, an appropriate way to pronounce the word? I would go with renaissance, but that's my Long Island roots. <laughs> the, the question about the subject of the podcast is very important. So you mentioned their content strategy. They may have a content strategy. They may not. I would always recommend having a podcast about a specific subject as opposed to about everything. So if you're in a professional services firm you shouldn't have a podcast named professional services firm Inc. It should be about energy or a specific area of your expertise or your services or offering. For example, um, if you do have a podcast about energy, you can create multiple podcasts about natural gas and oil etc. You could also create a podcast just about natural gas and get really granular and have series and and different podcasts about natural gas and things that are going on like fracking, etc. Yeah, and just another one comes to mind as I was doing a little bit of research for this conversation. I see that BCG has one uh, around 
making the workplace work for dual career couples. It focuses on women, from women, about women, by women, and that's a focused area that comes out of a particular vertical or business unit at BCG, that being Boston Consulting Group. As one member of a dual career couple, I, I do think that that's a great podcast. McKinsey also does a great job uh, at producing podcasts and presenting and displaying them on their website and also other, other outlets. I want to start a podcast, and it sounds like a great idea. It's easy enough. I am a marketer. I've got some content. I've got some expertise. I got somebody in a room. What do I need to do to get it from I got you in a room to let's get this wonderful conversation out into the world? It's really not too difficult. You first need an audio file of the podcast. So you need some way to record it, whether that's through your iPhone or if you have if you need to buy a special recorder or anything along those lines, you need to have an audio file on a computer. And then you need an RSS feed because iTunes and Google Play, the way that they the way that you set up a podcast is by entering an RSS feed URL into the system to set it up. And so RSS feeds can be provided through RSS providers on, on the web and also through your website, which is the place that I would recommend you have um, your podcasts and also an RSS created. So you are pushing forth the idea about putting a podcast on the website. This is a recommended best practice, but what are some of the best practices beyond what you've already stated that publishers need to keep in mind? You want to start with content, like anything else. It's thought leadership. You want to start with content and focused content. I gave the example earlier about uh, natural gas and energy. You also, once you create an audience with your podcast, you want to maintain that audience. So don't neglect them. Continue to make podcasts and also build your audience. And that's, that's very important. It's something that sometimes gets uh, dropped off from, from the content strategy and best practices. You want to also have an engaging topic and something that's trending and interesting that an audience can be created from, like fracking and or natural gas and or best practices around podcasts. And most importantly, you want to amplify that content and have it on the web so that you can uh, put it on, well, specifically, you want to amplify that content and put it on your website so that you can amplify it further via social media and other ways. Amplification to optimization. You're an expert on SEO. Not only do you want to be able to broadcast it, but you want it to be found. So how important, if it is important, is search engine optimization as it relates to podcasts? It's incredibly important, especially for emerging topics that people are going to be searching for. The first thing you want to do, of course, is put it on your website. It's another source of content for your website. It's a way to boost your domain authority, which is an increase in your SEO when people are searching for things, if they're searching for an emerging trend. If your website has a higher domain authority, it will rank higher in results. A way to boost the SEO is also to transcribe your podcast. And a lot of the bigger firms, consulting firms, people who uh, and firms that have been doing this for quite some time are transcribing them because you need those valuable keywords. 
And I'm not talking about the meta keywords in the code. I'm talking about actual keywords like fracking, natural gas, you know, distribution, pipeline. These, these keywords that would be in a specific podcast are extremely important. And if they're just in the audio file and not written on the web page, then you're going to miss that. Having the transcription, of course, is good for web accessibility which is extremely important. People can read the web, uh, the podcast if they, don't, if they can't listen to it. And also, the flip, the flip side is true. If they can't read it, they can listen to it. Um, linking to iTunes, uh, I'm, I'm an Apple guy, so I always think of podcasts as iTunes, but of course, Google Play and, and SoundCloud and other providers. Linking to those reputable websites and having those reputable websites link back to you is extremely important for SEO. Having the social media shares is also important. Google and Bing, they take likes and retweets into account when they talk about relevance and quality of content. So all that is, you know, one ecosystem. It's, it's one one podcast nacho, and you definitely want to get a bite. A pacho, if you will. A pacho. So <laughs> before we go and actually get some nachos, because it's nearly happy hour, we want to do a little bit of gossiping, which we would typically do at the pub. So let's name drop. Who's doing a great job or a good job or a decent job with creating podcast content? You mentioned before Boston Consulting Group. I do think they do a really great job, and their topics are also very interesting, as well as McKinsey uh, and Company. Aiken Gump, which is a law firm, does a, does a great job on, on their website, particularly having emerging trends in their podcast as well as some other firms like BCLP, Brian Cave, Light and Paisner, and Steptoe and Johnson. Other firms and media outlets that I think do a good job of their podcasts, NPR, I mentioned earlier, Serial, which was an NPR podcast. (laughs) And the Wall Street Journal also does a great job. I think of not just their podcast content themselves, but also presenting it on their website in a way that's easy for users to access and also filter down to get to podcasts that would be of interest to them in particular. So we're going to close out, but before we do, we talk professional services, let's get personal. What for any purpose, whether it be entertainment or informational or otherwise, besides the Ruby Apps Insights podcast, are ones that you recommend for the 50% or so people that are listening exclusively at home to podcasts? The TED Hour podcast is something that I find interesting. It has a lot of... It's difficult to pin down the subject of them. I mean, it's, it's technology, entertainment, and design, all of which I am a fan of. And they're all very interesting. The perspective of the speakers in the podcast or off podcast authors is always very uh, captivating and something that I always find. I always learn something from it. Another podcast that people always tell me to listen to is uh, Pod Save America, mm-hmm. as well as there's a lot of comics doing podcasts. So Mark Marin, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, lots of funny podcasts out there as well and you know uh, celebrity chef podcasts Hmm. well there's a lot of people cooking up some great content out there thank you 
And uh, we hope that this was another dish that uh, can be served up, well, preferably not cold, to those millions of people listening to us at home. Scott Rubenstein, author, expert, <laughs> and director of client services, as well as partner, friend, and very entertaining man. Thank you for participating in this interview on the Ruby Apps Insights Podcast. A pleasure as always. Thank you. Ruby Apps Insights is recorded at Studio 55 and is hosted by Alexander Kotler. For more insights and detail on Ruby Apps and enterprise software developed by Rubenstein Tech, visit rubyapps.com. Until next time, have an awesome everyday.